Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big sales! Thank God it's Friday, right? How cool was that last night watching pro football again? Is it me? But is that a different Aaron Rodgers? Did I see Aaron Rodgers helping Zach Wilson last night? Holy cow. A completely different Aaron Rodgers. Hey, maybe it was Green Bay. You know what? Sometimes a player can really find, like, the fountain of middle age, so to speak, at a new place. And here, let's do this. You know, it's not so much that he didn't have great success in Green Bay. But he's a different guy. And we see that all the time with players that go to different places and different zip codes. Ryan Tannehill was not very good with the Dolphins. Goes to Tennessee. He's kind of rejuvenated his career. We saw Rich Gannon years ago. He was a journeyman guy. He goes to the Raiders and puts in an MVP season. We see guys go to places. And we see guys go places and have success And they could turn their careers back around again. Pretty amazing. Really, pretty amazing when when you see some of these guys. And I say this to you. I thought thought Zach Wilson looked pretty decent last night. Could there be a team at the trading deadline that becomes a panic team? That they need a quarterback to maybe get them across the line and maybe they want to go with him? Would you give up some draft choice? And would you give up some draft equity for him? I don't know. I thought he looked good last night. How about this? That 57-yard touchdown that he threw, my opinion, that was probably the best throw I've seen him throw since he's been a pro. I mean, really? How about doing this? Would 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 you send Zach Wilson to the 49ers for Trey Lance? And just exchange guys and see if new zip codes work out. And then what you can do is you can kind of like say, well, I traded him for a first rounder. And you don't lose face in the deal. Would you do that? I mean, you have a backup guy in Trey Lance behind Aaron Rodgers. You put him there. You put him in a new environment. You try to save yourself some face. I don't know. I mean, would you do something like that? Because if you put Zach Wilson or Trey Lance on the open market, we're talking fifth and sixth rounders. You're not going to be talking about first round equity. So maybe if you just send them to the Niners and the Niners send back Trey Lance and they get Zach Wilson, I don't know. What you're trying to do is kind of trying to stop some of the dead weight that you're going to get back. Like look at Jalen Rager when the Eagles cut him and the Eagles or the Eagles traded him the Minnesota. Minnesota, what would what, they get for him? A seventh rounder? Not even remotely what you wanted to see. Not even remotely what you wanted to have. Okay, so end of the day, 
I don't know. I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he looked pretty good last night in the Hall of Fame game. So, man, we're going to go through some some interesting things today. We're going to talk about the top defenses. I got 10 of the best defenses in the National Football League. And now I'm going to start it here. You know what's funny? When you listen to the Philadelphia media, and what they don't like to do is they don't like to address the obvious sometimes. The Kobe Dean got hurt in practice. I heard limited coverage of it. They held him out of practice. You think holding someone out of practice who needs all the reps they can get is something that they wanted to do? That guy needs to get as many reps as possible. My opinion, this is already the beginning of what I said. He won't last the year. He's not big enough, and he's being put in an unwinnable position. Again, I... You know, when, when and, and I heard Ray on with, with the guys at Sports Take, what does having leadership at Georgia have anything to do with the NFL? Nothing. What he did at Georgia means nothing. This is a whole different ball game. It kind of tells you who the player is as a human, but that has no bearing on anything in your NFL career. Nobody cares what you did in college. Absolutely nobody cares. Okay? He was on a really good Georgia team. So? What's that got to do with you being able to put 160 tackles up? You think that that's an easier transition coming from Georgia to the NFC East? Because you played in the SEC East? Man, that has... They have nothing to do with one another. I played with some of the greatest players on the planet. I've seen some of the greatest players in the history of college football. They were all on great programs. They get to the NFL, they stunk. It doesn't matter. Okay? I mean, so what? He was good at Georgia. That guy is not going to make a season. He's not big enough. He can't even get through the first week of practice. And again, this has nothing to do with the character of the kid. I personally, right now, I don't give a shit about the character of the kid. I want to know if he can play. I want to know if he's going to be able to be durable enough. Those are my major concerns, not if he's a good guy or a leader. I don't care about that. Can you play? Can you cover 130 to 160 tackles? There's not a chance in hell I think he can. But again, that's an opinion. Okay? You keep hanging your hat on that Georgia bullshit. This is the NFC East. Welcome to the big time. This is not playing Ole Miss. Nobody cares. Are you durable enough? By the way, when you're in college and you've got superior talent in front of you and you're never hit, probably a reason why he played. When you're in the NFL and you don't have great players in front of you and you've got Landon Dickerson or Jordan Mulata bearing down on you, let me ask you something. 
let's just do this as common sense conversation here. If Nicobe Dean had to play against Jordan Mulata 17 weeks in a row in a 34 look, do you think he lasts the year? Do you think if he had to line up against Zach Martin 17 weeks, he can last the year? How do you think he will do against those guys? <laughs> I don't know what you guys are thinking or smoking. No way, baby. No way. Not happening. Mike, it goes, Sills is right. We have cause for concern at linebacker position. But can we please talk about other aspects of the team? We're going to do that. Micah, that was the story coming out of camp yesterday. Dean got hurt. What, you don't want to address it? I know why you don't want to address it. It's an ankle injury. Oh, well, the shoulder will be next. This guy's not big enough. Hey, he's not big enough to play the position. He's not big enough. He's not physical enough. TJ Edwards accounted for over a thousand snaps, which was 94% of the defensive snaps. Just from a physical standpoint alone, that will be tough to replace. That kid ain't playing 94 snap, 94% of the snaps. Doesn't that tell you too something about the tragic mistake that Howie made? How about that little stat right there that's kind of been under the radar? So you got a guy, would it be fair to say that TJ Edwards played more snaps than any guy on that defense last year and you let him go? Which means to me, he was the most important person on that defense. We were acting like how we won't get a linebacker. Oh, okay. Like who? He ain't going to pay for it. Mike, it goes, Sills just wishes injuries. <laughs> Where am I wishing this? That's awful news for the Eagles. That's awful news for Nicobe. Who's wishing any of that? That's my observations. My observations have been wrong. But hey, they ain't wrong here. Because just by a knowledge and a physical standpoint, he won't hold up. Like I said, I thought that what they should have did was kind of brought him in on the Sam Backer side, let him play a little will, and then slowly moving into the middle. The best case scenario would have been if they would have kept Edwards and then put Nicobe on the other side so he can watch how the position's played. This will be the biggest reason the Eagles lose games this year. Is because you'll you're gonna lose games this year that you shouldn't, because your defense is not good enough. Your defense is not good enough, and I'm going to point this out to you 
when I named you the top defenses. Let me ask you something here. You guys think you have the same defense that the San Francisco 49ers have? Do you? Defensive snap count leaders. Epps, 99%. Bradbury, 97. Edwards, 94. Slay, 90. Oh, and Kaiser White, fifth at 76%. (laughs) So you took two dudes in your top five on snap counts off your roster. Interesting. Interesting. And a brand new coordinator. 11 goes, he's probably, we're probably better. Our defensive line's better. This is the absolute point where I say this to you guys. You're delusional. So you think you're better and more experienced than Hardgrave, Armstead, Fred Warner, and Hufanga. All those players were all pro. The heart of their defense is littered with all pros and pro bowlers. Who in the middle of your football team on defense is a pro bowler? Who? Hafanga's the all-pro safety. Warner's the all-pro middle linebacker. And they have an edge rusher who's the defensive player of the year. You truly believe... Brandon Graham, don't bring Brandon Graham's name up when you're talking comparisons to Joey Boza. There's no comparison. What a bunch of absolute... Fletcher Cox is a really good ball player. He's on the pace probably with Armstead now. And it's only because he's older. Sometimes I think this live chat should be drug tested. That's Tony even looking at you. You're out of your minds. (laughs) You're out of your minds. If you think you're as good as San Francisco's defense, you're not. Holy cow. Big Pickin looks at the middle of his defense and thinks they're good Because you drafted a Georgia guy. Okay. We're going to move off that topic because, again, you can't debate idiots. So what I've done, every single question mark that I have for your Eagles in 2023 are right here. And by the way, I'm not asking you what yours is because I, I, I don't care. What I'm doing is I'm going to give you the players and I'm going to ask the question what I think could be a question for your starting 22 and some of your backup guys. Okay? Um. Let's see here. Who cares? We can outscore anybody. You're going to have to, Peter. 
You're going to have to. Okay? You're going to have to. Here we go. I'm going to start with your one-year wonder. The hero of the one year, Jalen Hurts. Can he do it again? Will be the question. Same with Geno Smith in Seattle. Can he do it again? Do I think he can? Yeah. Do I think he's showing all the great signs? By the way, that interception he threw today in practice, who cares? Seriously, I wonder what Allen Iverson would say to that. Practice? He threw a pick in practice. How do you know what he's working on? He might be working on a new route with somebody. Seals, you are pulling facts that the Eagles still made the Super Bowl. You didn't make the Super Bowl. You're a lesser team. You're a lesser defense. You're a lesser defense this year than you are last year. Okay? Um, Practice. The interception in practice, I could care less. All kidding aside, I don't give a shit about Jalen Hurts. I care about him working on his footwork, working on new things, screen game, all of that. And he is. I want to see Jalen do it again. That's my question for him. In 2000, get this. Think about that for a minute. I don't want to see more accuracy. I don't want to see um, less running. I don't want to see any of the. I, I, I want to see if he can do what he did and duplicate what he did last year. If he can, man. Then we're starting to talk about consistently playing great. And that's the truth. If he does that again, because quite frankly, his three years have had different results. He's not done one thing consistently yet. First year, spotty, people didn't think anything. Second year, he wasn't that good. Third year, he was great. What does he do in 2023? Okay. Joseph goes, TJ Edwards couldn't cover. N'Kobe Dean can't stay healthy. At least he could play. <laughs> okay? At least he could play. Marcus Mariota, here's my question for him. If you have a disaster and your quarterback misses time like he has the last two years, is that your answer? Um, me right now? I don't believe it is, but we'll see when he gets into these exhibition games. Okay, we'll see. Running back. Swift. How good can he be? That's my question for him. How good can this guy actually be? Can he be a version of Christian McCaffrey? Or the guy Stevenson in New England? Can he be somebody like that? Thousand-yard rusher? Hey, get this. How many people believe that DeAndre Swift is better than the kid Stevenson in New England? You think he's better? In one year, that kid has done more in one year than what DeAndre Swift has done his entire career. You think he's better, though, right? Talk about being drug-tested. You think Swiss better than Stevenson? 
<gasps> Why is it a silly comp? He had 1,000 yards and 450 yards catching the ball, and he had 60 catches. Why is that a dumb comp? Don't you want that on your team? I thought that's what we were going for with Swift. 50, 60 catches, 500 yards receiving, 800 yards rushing. Isn't that what you're looking for? That kid does it. That kid does it in New England. Swift hasn't done it. Don't you want to be that? I thought you did. Or, oh, I see, you think you're better now than that, which you're not. Interesting. Again, another drug test needed. Yeah, look at this. I don't want the Patriots record last year. Yeah, of course, because that's the AFC. That's the man's division. That's the varsity league. I understand that, but 49ers have no quarterback. I'm not talking to – I asked you about your defense. Don't change the goalpost here, okay? Quanco Stevenson will be out of the league in a couple of years, and he had 1,000 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving and 60 catches. Oh, I see. It's actually a perfect comp. If the Eagles and Patriots swapped running back, Eagle fans would be propping up Stevenson and shitting on Swift if they asked him the same question. Of course. Now you think because their guy wears Kelly Green, he's better. He's not. He, I, can he, though? I think he can. I think he can. Penny, will this guy ever be healthy? Will he ever be healthy to live up to his fabulous talent? Yeah, you heard me right. I covered the guy for three years. I actually like Rashad Penny. He's a really good guy. Great to talk to, great to be around. You know, Rocky Long, one of his favorite players at San Diego State. I covered the guy. I was on the station that was the flagship station of San Diego State. I made everybody a promise, and I said, the Eagles drafted Danell Pumphrey? That guy's a bum. That turned out to be a bum, but you guys probably loved him too. Had 6,000 rushing yards in college. You probably thought he was going to be the next Dave Maggot or something. I was like, that guy won't be in the league. Penny's a big dude. And I'm glad to see him getting punt returns and kick returns because he, he's electric in that. Okay. Wide receiver, A.J. Brown, can he do it again? Comes off a career year. Quite frankly, the years prior to that, again, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's in a better system now. He's in a system that fits his skill set more. They, they use him better now. Let me ask you this. Uh, hey, <laughs> this is a stupid question because I know the answer already. You think he has a better year than he did a year ago? You think he has a better year than he did a year ago? Bruce, 
I don't think he does, but I think he could have more impact. Because a healthier Goddard and more opportunities for others, you know, you can be more impactful without numbers. Seals, we don't know for sure yet. Like you said, we are in the world of unknowns. In the world of unknowns on August 4th, really? That goes for every team, so what's the argument until we see the results? There's no argument here. I'm giving you facts on who you are right now. Okay? No. I'll tell you this. There's there's a ton of uncertainties on your defense. There's none on your offense. Some, a few, but ones you can live with. I've never said anything other than that. Have you ever heard me say that I don't, I called your offense the best in the NFC? Where are you coming from? Oh, again, selective listening. I forget. And drug tested needed. Let me ask you this question here. Will Devontae Smith pass A.J. Brown by the end of the year as the number one receiver in Philadelphia? Yes or no? At the end of 2023, will Devontae Smith have established himself as the best wide receiver on the Eagles, passing A.J.? Yes or no? Scott asked a great question. Can the Eagle offense help the defense by making them Scott, you know how they'll help the defense? 14-play drives, running the ball. That means more running from Jalen early. I would say this to you. Yes, I agree. I think Devontae Smith, by the end of the 2023 season, would have passed A.J. AJ Brown as the best wideout on the Eagles. Yes, he will. Yes. And would have put away my concerns about his physicality and his durability. Okay? If he stays healthy, he'll pass him. And that's a good thing. Because that means you actually finally hit on a wideout. Absolutely. And by the way, no shade on AJ. Love the guy. Think he's a fabulous football player. No shade. Quez, how long do you think the Philadelphia Eagles and management and coaches will stick with him if this thing gets out to a bumpy start once again for him? How long do you think they stay with him before they do something, either in free agency or in a trade, to get, again, get this, to get a number three? You don't have to go out and sign an A-plus wideout. You could. You just need a guy in there to be reliable. He's not reliable. Now, they're giving him every opportunity for that to happen. How long do you think that they give him before they go like this? Because personally to me, they're not going to go through the season with that guy being a marshmallow. They're not. 
that 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 third hole has to produce something for you. Deep threat has to take some of the pressure off the top too, because something that I don't think you guys really take into consideration last year would would this be a fair stat? If I said this tone, would we not agree? Eighty five percent of the passes and targets went to AJ and. Devontae Smith and the rest of them were spread out and they weren't really a lot. You look at the top two wideouts last year, look at the targets they had. And then you look at the next guys after, they were barely targeted. You have no depth at wideout. You have no depth. The kid from Atlanta, maybe. It's not bad. I don't know. Maybe you slide him in there. Okay. Hey, five, five, seven, three, four to six weeks. That's about as long as I'm going to go too. Okay. That's about as long as I'll go four to six weeks to see if this kid can do something. 61% of Jalen Hurts' total targets went to Brown and Smith. That's a little lower than I thought. And remember, how many times did he throw the ball? What was it, 450 times? Jalen, do the ball 450. Okay, do the ball 450. So, you know, yeah, about, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at it now. Okay. Let's go to the tight end. Let's go to the tight end. Let's see what my friend here says. 145 targets for Brown, 136 for Smith, 460 attempts. And I think Jalen had 325 completions a year ago. My right tone somewhere in there, 325. Off of that, it sounds about 66%, 325-ish, 306 completions, round in there, okay? Okay? By the way, you look at, and you know what, and kind of like I threw a couple left jabs at you with the limited amount of passing attempts that he did last year compared to the other big guns in the NFL. It's not what he does. Don't lose sleep over it. Dallas Goddard. Dude, here's two things with Dallas Goddard that I want to see. Can he stay healthy? And please, have better hands. This guy drops one of every three passes thrown to him. He does not have the hands that Zach Ertz had. I think he's a better player, though. He's one of my favorite Eagles. Okay? But you can't have everything. And now here, I'll make this, I'll make this point to you about Travis Kelsey here. Goddard, 55 receptions on 69 targets, 702. That's so good. Okay. Goddard in 2022 had a 79 catch rate. here's, Here's something again. Can Travis Kelsey block? No. Is he physical? No. Is Goddard? Yes. In an offense like... 
Hey, how about this? How many people think that Travis Kelsey would be a superstar in the Eagle offense? Knowing full well that the Eagle offense is based off of run first. And the Kansas City offense is not based off of run first. That means he'd have to block. That means he's going to get hurt. That means he's not as physical. That means he plays lesser games, lesser stats. That guy's a blown-up version in Kansas City of Jay Novacek and guys like Jason Witten. That's who he is. The problem with Goddard is timely drops. The gut-wrenching drops he has, he has to be more, that's right, be more clutch. He's not that great in clutch moments. Two-minute drives? I don't think he is. How many times do we see him drop passes last year? Okay. Bodybuilder goes, Kelsey would be a star in most places, not in places like Philly where you run the ball. Wait, you think Jason Kelsey's going to be a star in Tennessee? Blocking for Travis uh, for um, for Henry? Really? You think he's going to be a star in that offense when A.J. Brown couldn't be? Oh, I see. Again, people don't look at how the how the cake is cooked. You got a guy like Pacheco off the seventh round in that in that thing because the quarterback spreads the ball out. It's a spread off. It's a spread West Coast offense. It's not an RPO offense. It that offense in Kansas City can't be any more different than the moon and the sun. But hey, I like Dallas Goddard. I do. I think he's going to be a superstar. According to Fox Sports, Goddard had five drops in 21 and one drop in 2022. Really? That's how we saw that? I don't know. I, that's not how I saw that. Left tackle, Jordan Mulata. How good can this dude be? He is the best athlete on your football team. Jordan Mulata is the best athlete on your team. And that includes Reddick. Okay? This guy was playing water polo or rugby. Never played pro football. And now he's one of the highest paid left tackles in the game. At 6'8", 5 billion pounds. This guy's like Shaquille O'Neal over there. I mean... Unbelievable, unbelievable athleticism that guy has. His athleticism is off the charts. I believe, like Richard does, I think that guy could be the best left tackle in pro football by the end of the year. That includes Trent Williams. And I want him to play to that ability. I can't believe how far he's come. It's a privilege to watch him play. I can't believe what an athlete he is. Man, this guy didn't even know how to strap a chin strap on four years ago. And now he's considered one of the best left tackles in the game. 
Jesus criminy, man. Dude, you turn on some of them rugby games that he played in, and you see him moving around, and you see the athleticism that he had. Are you trying to tell me, man, this guy just said, hey, I feel like playing football one day, and now he's making $17 million a year. That's out of this world. I've never – I mean, Antonio Gates and guys like Jimmy Graham and them dudes, okay, I get it. Holy cow, tremendous. How good can that guy be? Okay, how good can he be? Landon Dickerson. So my question on all these guys. Stay healthy, kid. You stay healthy, I think you could be the best left guard in the NFL. And I think the Eagles are preparing to pay you that way next year. I think this guy here has every opportunity. And for him being a second-round draft choice, it covers the Andre Dillard failure, to so to speak, because he was a first-rounder. Landon Dickerson, man, wow. He was projected to be a center. And he's looking like he could be one of the top three left guards in the National Football League. I See nothing but great things. Just stay healthy this year, kid. Just stay healthy. No devastating knee injury or any of that. This guy's got everything ahead of him, and I want to see that. Kelsey. Here's my question on, on Jason Kelsey. 2022, Landon Dickerson started and played in all 17 games. He has these moments where he comes off the field or so for a drive. Yeah, and that's what I mean, nicked up injuries. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about miss. He doesn't miss time. He's a tough dude. He's got all of that. Okay? All of that. And he gets nicked up a lot in there. But then again, you get nicked up inside more because there's more traffic. Jason Kelsey. Do we see signs of old age this year at 36? Have I seen it? Nope. Last year watching him play, amazing. Amazing. But when you are 36, like Tom Brady a year ago, sometimes it hits you, and it hits you quick. You get old quick, and you look old quick. Couple injuries here, there. Does that make him a step slower? And, and by the way, did I see it last year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But my only question with Kelsey will be does Father Time catch up? Okay. Right guard. Fun fact, Kelsey hasn't missed a game since 2014. But Father Time hits you, and it hits you hard at random moments. Hits you like a lightning bolt. All of a sudden, you see a guy have a great year. He hits 36, you're like, wow, did he look old. Holy cow. Boom. Right guard. Jurgenstein. Can they do the job? I don't personally give a shit who wins the job. Can they do the job? Are those two guys going to be able to cover for the loss of Isaac Sayamalo? 
are you going to be able to replace Isaac Sayamala with those two dudes? It's a question. And again, everything's trending to yes because who the coach is, who these guys are playing in between. Sure, all of that. I complete. How about this? If they fail, it's a colossal fail because there's no reason to fail. Not a chance. But there's a reason Isaac Sayamalo signed one of the richest offseason deals with the Steelers. Because he was ranked one of the top guards last year. Right tackle. Lane Johnson. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing I want to see from him. <laughs> you just could be in Lane Johnson. <laughs> you just keep being Lane Johnson. I'm good with just being Lane. I have no question marks on him. I, of all the players on your football team, I don't really want to see anything from him. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I just go ahead. Just be Lane. He, he there, there's nothing to pass probe. No run blocking. No health. Okay. Yeah. Mental health, hey, maybe, you know, hopefully he stays in a good mental place. Maybe that's the biggest concern. You know, for him, for me, watching him play, it's a privilege. He's a tremendous ball player. Okay? Tremendous ball player. Maybe more mental mental internal issues for him. Okay? The amazing thing about the Eagles' offensive line situation is if you fail in Philly, you just don't belong in the NFL. Stoutland always gets the most out of you, and there's not a spot you'll find a job elsewhere because he's prepared you. Absolutely. Like I said, there's a reason Andre Dillard got a nice deal in Tennessee. He didn't start in Philly? Okay. Well, it's not, it's not the worst thing in the planet, not starting in Philly. Look at who's playing there. You had pro bowlers at every position last year or pro bowl talent at every position a year ago. Yeah. Those are my question marks on the offense. Now the defense. And look what we got here. The offense. Here's the defense. Hmm. There's your offense. Questions I like to see. And here's your defense. You might want to sit down. Brandy Graham. Can he duplicate a career year at 35. Can he do it again? He's been a good player. Okay. Can he do it again? We'll see. I want to see him do it again. How many, um, Tone, how many double digit sack seasons has Brandon Graham had in his career? Just for 
just 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 for my knowledge how many how many double digit sack seasons and how many years has he done it in i'd like to know that number um because if he's he's done it one time in how many years so you think brandon graham is going to duplicate what he did a year ago in a career year for the first time in his career, he's going to do it again. In his first season, okay, he had double digits. That's kind of a guy you hope. And you're pulling for that he doubles what he did a year ago. Jalen Carter. Um, I want to. I want to see him play a lot early. I want him to start. I want to get him in the game as possible, as soon as possible, because I want to see what he is. I don't want to put this Ferrari in the garage, and I don't want to have it brought out on special occasions. I want this thing out there now, and I want to run this thing as much as I can. It's like telling me you're going to put secretary in the barn, and I'll and I'll bring her out on special occasions, or I'll bring him out on special occasions. You got secretariat. You run him in the races. You don't rest him. Let me see what he is. Let's get this guy going, man. Let's get this pony moving here. I want to see what he's about. Test him. Put him in shitty situations. See if he can fight his way out of it. See if he's the guy that you think he is and that we all think he is. And I think he is. I want him to play. I don't give a shit if he's a rookie. Here, See, a guy goes like this. He's a rookie. You've got to replace 60 tackles, 16 hits on quarterbacks, tackles for losses, and 11 sacks. Don't tell me, then, that you're a better defense than you were a year ago when you guys can't replace Javon Hardgrave, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White. And Epps. And try to convince yourselves you have a better defense. How dumb are you? Fletcher Cox. Can he still be a force? I'll tell you what. You know what Tone convinced me of? Convinced me after you really look at the year that Fletcher had a year ago. Fletcher's well-deserving of that $10 million. Still took a pay cut, but he's worthy of that. Look at this guy, too. He goes, Eb sucks. You think you got a guy in your football team right now, too, that's going to get you 91 tackles in a safety position? Do you? Do you think you have a safety right now that you're going to get 91 tackles out of? Epps may have sucked in your eyes. Your entire safety room sucks. Milton Williams. Can he be... Can he be productive? How productive is Milton Williams going to be this year? How productive will he be? 
I mean, how much can you count on him to be in a rotation there with these guys? That's the question I have for him. Okay. Oh, Kelly Green. Gonna have prospect night in the Eagles secondary. Congratulations to you. Good luck. So you got prospect night, right? Callie Green versus Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You got prospect night versus those dudes. Okay. Prospect night, the link. Jordan Davis, will he ever be a dominant player? Seals, you are right. Offense needs to bail. They, hey, Ace, they're going to. But Ace, remember I said this, you're going to lose games this year that you shouldn't because of something that happens on the defensive side. Bad play, big, big play given up. Okay, and you're you're gonna go like this, shit. And watch this: beating the Bills would not shock me if you beat the Bills. But if you lost to the Giants, that wouldn't shock me either. Okay, that wouldn't shock me either. If you could lose to the Washington Commanders last year at full strength, you can lose to anybody, and your team was better a year ago. Will Jordan Davis ever be a dominant player? That's my question for 2023 for him. Josh Sweat, continue to get better. You're the best defensive lineman that they have right now on August 4th with the most experience, and you have gotten better. Tell you what, man, like I said, he, he's, he's, a, he's a 2.0 version of that Brian Burns guy. I think he's I I think he is the sleeper in this whole defense. He's a good football player, man. I did not believe he was a three-down guy. I think he is a three-down football guy, man. Okay? And I think he's your most complete defensive football player in the line. He's a good player, man. Very high on him. Derek Barnett, does he have a role on this team? What's what's the role for him? I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what role he's being and what role he gets put in. What role does he get put in? <laughs> Big picking goes who? <laughs> yeah, who? Sounds like I'm an owl shitting through my feathers. Who? <laughs> right? Who? Joey goes, water boy. Let's see what role he has. Will linebacker, Nicholas Morrow, will he make the team? He couldn't get through one week of practice without all of a sudden the coaches rotating his reps. In a position that you have to find a guy to replace 117 tackles with Kaiser White, 
you got two guys splitting reps. One guy's not very experienced at all, and the other guy was fired in Chicago on the worst defense in the league. That's not promising. Does that guy make the club? Nicobe Dean. Is he good enough and physical enough to play the position? Those are my questions. So far after week one? Too soon? But it's not trending well. Sitting out of practices? Full gear practices, which are already limited? So let me get this right. They have very limited full gear practices. And they held him out. Did he have a concussion? Hurt his ankle. Oh, okay. Again, one week. Is he physical enough? And is he good enough? We'll find out. Christian Ellis. What's his role? Is he going to be a starter? So if you get this, let me show you this. Is this really your linebacking core? Christian Ellis. Nicobe Dean. Those are going to be your linebackers? Hassan Reddick. Can he continue his amazing success? And what I mean by that is, I mean, he's not working on, how many players do you think that are in the league right now are going on four years in a row of double-digit sacks? Boza, maybe? Um, who, who else? Well, Watts got hurt. Donald was hurt a year ago. I mean, it, he's on a run. And, and, and again, I got to tell you something that was more, and, and I, I give my, my guide tone so much love for this. I, I get the 16 sacks. I do. Impressive. I'm more impressed with the number one and third down sacks and cause fumbles. That means you are a sledgehammer. And every time you're on the field, you have to go, where is that guy? He's the guy you do this to. Guy gives me goosebumps now. I couldn't have been more wrong about the guy. I thought, again, he struggled getting used to what they were asking him to do. But when they found, they stopped having him cover. And they just wound him up. First, they were having him cover, which he can't. He's terrible at it. And when they just pinned his ears and said, go eat, he did. Turned his entire season around. Maybe, maybe Miles Garrett. Sharon, maybe Miles Garrett. Maybe, okay. Man, four, if he does four years, boy, I'll tell you something. You do four years in a row of double-digit sacks. I mean, Hassan Reddick. 
he, he could be a guy that could end up with over 100 sacks in his career. You know what that means? That means you're knocking on the door of the Hall of Fame. 100 sacks? Now, what'll, what'll hurt him and hurts a lot of guys, that multiple teams. A lot of guys, you know, if you're that good, why are you on four teams? You know what I mean? So, I mean, Hall of Fame voters are weird with that shit. I'm not. I don't care. You play 12 years. I don't care if you play for the Canton Bulldogs. <laughs> go go eat, man. And if you do, you do, right? I don't, I don't really give a shit. Four years of double-digit sacks? You bet, big pick, and that's elite. Nolan Smith. I want to see how the Eagles use him. How can they get him on the field? Okay? How can they get him on the field? I'd like to see them be able to get him on the field there. I want to see what the roles are going to be. Big Sills, do you think because of their ridiculous, weak, non-existent linebacking core, they will waste and misuse Nolan Smith? I, I don't know what the side does. Okay? And I do believe that's why Matt Patricia's in there. Because, hey, Duel, what's the number one thing you remember about the New England Patriot defenses? Help me, guys, before we move on here. What's the number one thing you remember that um, how the Patriots, with all those great defensive football teams, what were they king of? You guys know? Do you guys do you guys think about the players that were stars on that team? Okay? Think about the stars that were on that team. Here. They were able to use guys like Willie McGinnis in a down situation. Stand up. Teddy Bruschi. Stand up. Hand down. Guys like that. Vrabel. Hand up or stand up, hand in the dirt. Maybe that's what they're going to do with Nolan Smith. They're going to use him like Mike Vrabel, and they're going to use him like Willie McGinnis and guys like that and put him in situations like that. You know, Jimmy Johnson or Jim Johnson used to do shit like that with Hugh Douglas. You know what I'm saying? So when you have a guy like that, it's kind of like it almost – what Dan Quinn's doing with Michael Parsons in Dallas. So I'd like to see them do that because I do believe, dude, when you run a 4-3-40 and you got to get off like that, you got to find a spot for that guy. I want to see how they get him on the field. I think at 30, he's really right where he was picked. I was not a fan top 10. The pick is a good pick but I never believed that he's a top 10 guy. James Bradbury. I want to see if he can continue the consistency of play that he has and what he did a year ago. He was consistent from week one to the Super Bowl. He was their best DB in the Super Bowl. And he was the best DB all year long on that team. He's a good football player. Giants effed up letting that guy walk out the room for $3 million. 
I mean, you argued over $3 million, and you got holes on that giant defense in the secondary, especially at corner, and you let that guy roll out the building. The Giants have made numerous personnel decisions and financial decisions over the last five years, and that was clearly one of them. Avante Maddox, what's his role in this whole thing? Is he healthy yet? What's his role? Is he a player? What, what, what are you doing with him? Is he, is he good enough to get on the field? What's the role that he has? You know, what, what, what role? Okay? And maybe, maybe the reason he doesn't have a role He's never healthy. Can't count on a guy to have a role if he's never healthy. Maddox is very effective. Got to stay out of the nurse's office. Can't rely on him. Durability and reliability are all part of it. Terrell Edmonds, will he be an upgrade to Gardner Johnson? I'll say it one more time to you guys. I think Gardner Johnson had a fluke season. Watch this. I'll make a prediction. This is just an opinion. I bet you he farts the bed up there in Detroit. You you watch. You watch. Because he's not going to be asked to play center field there. You watch. You watch. I, I don't. I think he was overrated. Reed Blankenship. Is he a player? Can he play? Okay. Out of 82 possible games, Maddox was only played in 60. Wow. Is that terrible? No wonder he doesn't have a role on the team. I'm surprised he's on the team. Too much missed time. Is Reed Blankenship a player? I had a guy tell me that he thinks he could be somebody like Bob Sanders. It's quite a, I mean, <laughs> that's quite a statement. We'll see. And then we get to Darius Slay. They call it a long shot, but I'm so high on Reed Blankenship. Okay. I, I, I want to see if he's a player. I'm not saying he's not. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I, I, I want to see if he could play. And here's Darius Slay. Is this guy going to continue his downward slide? Or... Was he hurt at the end of the year? Is he getting old? He slid. He slided down the field the entire back half of the season. I thought he got worse almost every month. He doesn't jump off the page athletically, but he truly understands the position and is always in the right place, whereas C.J. Gardner-Johnson almost never was in the right place. That's why they were poor fits many times against the run defense that the Eagles had a year ago.
Slay has to convince me that age hasn't caught up with him yet. Oh, I think it has. But again, that's my question. I personally think this guy, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at Darius Slay, I don't see it. He's got to show me. Okay. He's got to show me that age hasn't caught caught up with him either. That's I'm I'm with I'm with Tone on that. I he just did not play effective football at the back half of the season. And you were lucky that you you had wrapped up things because he played shitty. And he was terrible in the he was terrible in the Super Bowl. He was awful in that game. Okay. So by the way, I'm going to look at the top 10 defenses in the National Football League. When we come back out of the timeout, Philly Godfather is going to join me and a guy who's putting a movie project together. Okay? Guy who's putting a movie project together and I got an acting role in this thing. I can't wait. Here's the problem with Slay. Slay has been mostly great in his career. He's been a great eagle. When a guy like that becomes just good and above average, you notice it, right? When when you're at this bar and all of a sudden you can't get over that bar, that high jump bar anymore, you totally notice it, especially when the guy's been a world champ. Absolutely. It was, it, 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 you saw how bad he was. Okay? You saw how bad he was. All right, hour two coming up here. Don't forget, This year, we have a proud sponsor of the National Football Show, our friends at Hooters, King of Prussia. We are going to be there. We so look forward to it. Man, I have had a great relationship with them for over 35 years, all the way back to my days with the Bucks, throughout the country. I've gone everywhere to all the Hooters in Phoenix, Dallas, Miami, Atlanta, and now in King of Prussia the proud home of the National Football Show with Big Sills. You're going to love it. Fantasy football lovers, call them. Line your parties up right now because limited tables are left for you to get your fantasy football parties and your drafts together. They're at King of Prussia Hooters. And your preseason football, place was packed last night. Watching the Browns and Jets last night. Wait till next week because this is the official home of Eagle fans. You're going to love it. Daily specials on Tuesdays by 10 wings. Get 10 boneless wings. Wednesdays are awesome. It's a 40-year tradition they have. All you can eat for 1983. How about happy hours, man? You get six items for six bucks. You get six boneless wings, maybe your favorite brew. They got them all there for you at Hooters at 240 North Gulf Road in King of Prussia. When you go to Hooters, Hooters King of Prussia, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. I thought this was funny. I appreciate you guys coming aboard. Don't forget, Philly Godfather will join us at 5.30 Eastern. And a friend of his who's putting together a movie. You guys got to hear this. Big Sills is going to be in a movie based in Philly. Okay. I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be like Rocky. Yo, Adrian, I don't you think I could do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna play some South Philly like Italian biker. What do you think? How you doing? Right? You think I could do it? <laughs> you think I could do it? How you doing? Hey Sales, do you like the Eagles? Great team to cover, dude. Ty, you know what's great about covering your Eagles? You Dude, you get, the fans are what make that team. Yo, Adrian, how you doing? Forget about it. Get out. See, I got to forget about it. It's funny. Before Hey, before I move on here. So, like, you know, my, 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 my wife's, um, she's from Texas, right? How about this, Joey? So, my wife's from Texas. She meets my Italian grandfather, right? And my grandfather's like this. He goes... My wife goes like this, hey, Mr. Cilio, we're going to go to the, uh, we're, 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 we're going to go to Stu Leonard's and we're going to go, you need anything? We're fixing to go. My grandfather goes like this, what's fixing? It's like, forget about it. You know, it's like, fixing? Yeah, we're fixing to go to the store. It's, yeah, it's like a redneck thing. It's, I don't know. People, I go, I go, dad, what do you think? People, do people know what forget about it is? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> right? Forget about it. Hey, real quick, before I get on to the top defenses in the NFL, oh, I got a comment to you about Dak and Jalen. Hey, Tony, you can go to the bathroom after this one here. 
Hey, you can go to the bathroom here in a minute. Stugats. Thank you, Barbara. Very good. Stugats. <laughs> Majugats. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's all good. So I'm going to be playing. Um, yeah, we're going to be playing a role in a movie. And it's going to be based in Philly. How you doing? Okay. Anyway. So I saw this here, man. The National Basketball Players Association is pissed off that the Magic gave a loan, or not a loan, but a contribution to Governor DeSantis in Florida. They said it's alarming. Why is it alarming? They don't have a right to give political contributions to who you see fit or do business with? What's your problem with it? Once again, professional teams and people sticking their nose in where that's none of your business. Okay? It's none of your business who you believe in. And by the way, I'm not stumping for DeSantis. I don't give a shit about him either. I'm not, but you have a right to donate whoever you want to without having anyone out you on it and thinking that you're going to make people feel guilty about it. What a bunch of assholes. The NBA Players Association basically went after the Magic because they gave a $50,000 contribution to Ron DeSantis. So? They don't have a right to do that? Hey, you don't want to work in the league? Don't. If you're a business owner, you have a right to do whatever you want. Religion, to believe in anything you want. Any platform, even if it's hokey. That's the problem with this country. you got too many people trying to get your, their nose in your business. And try to make you feel guilty about it. Hey, this is what I say to you, man. F you. Don't tell me who to believe in. Don't tell me what to donate to. Don't, you have no right to do that. But professional sports leagues think they can pressure people into doing it. Again, Ron DeSantis has got a lot of wacky ideas. And I'm not saying he doesn't. But don't tell people how to think. Dude, man, that's controlling. Okay. Do you think it would make more sense for the owner to make his own contribution in his own name rather than under the magic name? Um, so you don't really think then, Tone, that a business has a right to make its own decision and the DeVos family has had business relations with Disney and uh, with Florida and in that community for the last 45 years? And because it's the DeVos family who was in the Trump administration – that's why they're doing this. They're not doing it for any other reason. Because Michael Jordan makes contributions also to Republican parties and Democratic parties. That's the right thing to do. Okay? No, no, I got it. Tony, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not attacking anything here. But again, it's agenda stuff. Let me move on before somebody starts crying. Now, and, and Tone asks the right questions. Here's what I would have done, Tone, actually... I would have gave a $50,000 contribution to Ron DeSantis. Then I'd have gave a $50,000 contribution to Joe Biden. And then no one cries. That's what I would have done. Keep Remember, what does Michael Jordan say? Hey, Republicans buy shoes too. That's what I would have done. Okay? That's what I would have done. I, I, I would have donated to both. So that no one could say shit to me. Okay? Right, because you know, hey, here's why, Tone, you do that. You know why? 
You sell tickets. <laughs> You're a business that sells to the public. Okay? I don't give a sh- Hey, you guys ever watch Straight Outta Compton? When Eazy-E is watching all those rednecks break his albums and CDs and shit, delighting them on fire, and Eazy-E has the greatest retort on all that. Damn, man, they're burning our stuff. Either burning our shit. He goes, I don't care what they do with it. They bought it. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't give a shit what you did with them. Hey, they still bought them. <laughs> That's the answer. That's the answer. Hey, I don't give a shit what you do with them. They, they bought them. Right? Yeah, man, I just, I, I find that it, you, you, it's a slippery slope. It's maybe more what I'm saying. I told you how I would have I handled it. Okay? Playing both sides just makes everyone mad. Got to pick a side. No, you don't. I sell tickets, JM. I'm not a political arm of a, of a political party. I am a vendor. I don't give a shit if a Republican or Democrat or Independent buy my hamburgers. I could care less. I'm here to make a profit, not a point. All right, let's move off that bullshit. Um, should I? Should I do the Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott one first, or the defenses? Which which one should I? I'm my own man. I have, I don't have to choose any any one side. That's the problem with the world now. Everyone cares about sides, right? I care. You're a good dude. Hey, honestly, I don't support assholes. Okay, I don't care what you are. Actually, I like people with conviction. If somebody believes in something so strongly. That to me, I know who that person is. I got more respect for that than a guy who waffles and lies. You know who said that? Malcolm X. Okay. By the way, Malcolm X, one of my favorite politicians in history. Man told the truth always. And another guy was murdered for it. Malcolm X is my favorite politician. All right. Should I? Should I do the Jalen versus Dak? Or should I do the top defenses? Which one? Which one do you want? Which one do you want? Dak! Do top defenses first. Lull him to sleep, then wake him up with the water. <laughs> Jalen versus... Yeah, I know. Everyone... Hey, everybody wants to see where we're going with this. Nah. Let's get the blowtorch out first. (laughs) 
We're going to do the blowtorch. So, you know, because you guys were talking to me about the greatness of Jalen Hurts' season. S-Z-N. That's all it is. Versus Dak Prescott's career. So, I thought I'd take a look at that and kind of break it down a little bit. Now, obviously, the sample size is almost doubled. So the numbers are going to look skewed, but we'll read through them here a little bit. And we'll look and see where they are in their careers. Jalen's been in the league three years now, correct? 45 starts. Dak's been in the league. 97 starts. So again, the numbers are going to be skewed. So I'm not going to go, well, look at this. This guy's thrown for this more. That's not where I'm going here with it. So follow along here if you can. And if some of you need a vomit bag, you're excused. Completions. Dak's got 2185. Jalen's got 648 and 1,000 attempts. Dak's got 3,200 attempts. So in 45 starts, Jalen Hurts has 1,000 attempts. Okay. Um, Not a high number. It's not what he does. My point is, is that when you got a guy with 3,200 attempts and 2,100 completions. He throws the ball, and that's who he is. That's not who Jalen is. Now, how many people believe that Jalen Hurts will be asked to throw the ball 550 times a game or a year? How many times do you think, do you think that, do you believe that the Eagle offense will morph into being a team that throws the ball 550 times? I do not. 61% of the attempts and targets went to two dudes. And if you look at the catch radius and the catch numbers from the guys after those two, what does it tell you? He ain't spreading the ball around. Jalen Hurts doesn't spread the ball around. Then again, that's not the offense. Jalen Hurts is not a progression reader. He throws the two dudes. All those other big throwers that throw the ball six, 700 times a year, They could have as many as nine targets. So, again, he's going to be more of the dual threat guy, obviously. And Dak is always going to be the better passer. Dak's the better passer. Now, again, who's the best quarterback in the NFC East? Or who's the best quarterback coming off last year? You could, you, you could, hey, I think both debates, I think you could win the argument on both of the comments. So, Sills, would you rather have the better career or having a guy coming off a great year? It's a great question. I'd rather have a guy coming off the great year. That's not a turnover machine like you're making him out to be. That's not true. 166 touchdowns to 65 picks. Where do you see that as a turnover machine? Where in the world do you see that as a turnover machine? That's almost three to one. 
Where, where do you see him as a turnover machine? It's a Philadelphia made-up lie that he's a turnover machine. He had a bad year. He's not a turnover machine. His numbers don't say that. 166 touchdown passes to 65 interceptions is not a turnover machine. The most he ever had outside of last year was his first year when he threw 13. He's not a turnover machine. That's a lie. That's a lie. He's 66.6 completion percentage since he's been a starting quarterback. Jalen, 62-3. He's a better and more accurate throwing quarterback than Hurts. You can't say anything other than you're right. But Sills, you're only going off one year. Exactly. What if he throws for 70? Right. Yes. But what if he does? Right. Yes. Yes. That throws bad interceptions at key moments. Michael? Yes, but not against the Eagles. Matter of fact, he has ownership of the NFC East. Let's take a look at that, for instance. What's Jalen's record in the East? Um, they split with the Giants in 2021. They split with the Cowboys. No, Cowboys swept them. In 21, um, in 21, did did they split with the Skins or did they sweep them? I know this. In 22, you swept the Giants, split with the Cowboys, and you split with Washington. Four and two. Hertz is nine and six in his career. And 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 Tone, do you know what Dak Prescott is in the NFC East? Twenty-seven and seven. So he's 27 and 7 in his career in the East. And he's a turnover machine and he's 8 and 3 versus the Eagles. I don't know what you're talking about here. I don't know what you're talking about. Last two years, Jalen Hurts 22, 8 and 0. Dak Prescott, last two years, 19-9-0. versus the Giants, 9-1 versus Washington. Wow. 
And you're two and two versus Washington in the last two years, correct? Washington, a headless horseman. Overall record, Dak 61 and 36. Jalen's 23 and 11. Where is Hertz's three and two versus Washington? Let me ask you this. Where's his turnover machine here? Where's the turnover machine? He's 27 and 7 in the NFC East. He's 8 and 3 versus the Eagles. He's 166 in touchdowns to 65 with more of a sample size than Hertz. And you're calling him a turnover machine? I don't see it. Hertz is 4 and 2 versus the Giants. It's a good start, man. What's he versus Dallas, Tone? What's Jill? He's two and two versus Dallas. No, he's not two and two. They swept him the year previous, and this last year they were one and one. Um, so he's three and three. I believe. I, I think Tone is that does that sound right? Three and three. Because they swept him his first year starting, and this last year they went one and one, so that's three and three, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Because they did sweep him. Oh wait a minute, no, no, he got hurt. That's right, he got hurt. He didn't play in that. That's right. You're right, Tone. He got hurt. He didn't play in that game. Got you. Actually, I'm talking more about it. These guys versus the teams that they're playing. But that's okay. Okay. Just thought we'd look at this right here and go, so you really want to hold to that, that you think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback? Or he's- Hey, if you want to say this to me one, one, one more time, Sills, he's coming off a better season than, than Dak. You totally win that. But if you're trying to tell me that this guy here has not dominated the Eagles and the NFC East, and he's got a long way to go before he's in that conversation where what Dak's career has done. I mean, he has it. Man. Mm. It's not close. And like I said, one of the things that I said, I want to see Hurts do it again. Okay? What's his dominance got him? That wasn't the question. What's the dominance got him? What's the dominance got him? Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's the dominance got Jalen? A silver medal? Okay, he's got a silver medal over Dak Prescott. Congratulations, you got a silver medal. 
Okay. That's something. Like 500 and I say, can't compare the careers. All you can compare are the last two seasons when Hertz was a starter. Okay. Last two years. By the way, I did that. Um, the year previous, Dak threw 37 touchdowns and 11 picks and 4,500 yards. Um, last year was not his best year, obviously. So I don't know. Do you think he's more of the guy he was two years ago or last year? I know who the Eagle fans think he is. The Eagle fans think he's last year. And you think Jalen's last year. That's fair. That's okay. Not a problem. Not a problem. I'm just trying to bring some perspective in here to you guys. That's all I'm doing here. Deck had a better 0-1 and Hertz had a better 0-2. As far as I'm concerned, they're one and one against each other. And giving and, and, and giving Jalen the nod because the team went further. The last two years. If I had to pick the guy over the last two years, in my opinion, I think Hertz has been better team wise the last two years. Statistically, depending on how you want to have that argument, it's been Dak. Dak's won that. However, I mean, Jalen's been to the play. I mean, both Cowboys have put two 12 win seasons back to back now. Okay. Let's see here. 37 touchdowns he threw two years ago. Okay. You can't compare Hertz to Dak. Hertz is on a rookie co- on a rookie contract. You're d- Brandon, you're right. Then stop doing it and telling me he's better. You're right. You're right. Hey, you're you're so right. Okay. I don't know how much this is going to get better. I wrote down. Greg goes, I'm so happy and content that we have Jalen Hurts as our quarterback. You are. One year. Okay. Yeah. Seals, we need a QB ranking. No, 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 no. Not till the start of the first week of the season. We're not going off of Elliot Spitzer, Polly Shore stats, telling me Jalen threw a pick today in practice. Who cares? Do you really care Jalen Hurts threw a pick today? Seriously, does that – let me ask you this. Jalen Hurts throwing a pick in practice, does that change your opinion of him? <laughs> I mean, does it? Does that change your opinion of him? Dude, please don't say yes. Holy cow. He could throw seven picks. I wouldn't give a shit. I don't care. I absolutely don't care. How many times have you seen teams go 4-0 in the postseason 
and you go, wow, the team may have a – and then did it, didn't the Lions team – am I right when I say this? The Lions team that went 0-16, didn't they go 4-0 like in the postseason? Didn't they put up a goose egg going 16? Didn't they do some shit like that or something? Like, I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't really give a shit about the exhibition season. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Okay. Here are my top 10 defenses in the National Football League. Are you ready? Before I do this, where do you think the Eagle defense should be ranked? Training camp stats are meaningless. Off-season talking points, just like preseason Eagles got killed by Dolphins in 0-2 preseason and turned around and made the ball. Can't put too much stock in off-season. 1,000% true. Niners fifth. Top five. 15th, most American, look at all Eagle guy lie to you and says most of America thinks Hertz is better, but Sills and Cryboy fans, well, let's see. CBS didn't have him in the top one, in, in the top 50 players. Um, Who else? The NFL doesn't have him on the, 25 and under all t- all league team. Who else? When you're promoting, all the, all, all the pundits and everyone are talking about Herbert and all these other guys. They don't talk about Hurts like they talk about those guys. I'm the only guy? Really? You might want to take a look at some of the disrespect that people have for Jalen Hurts before you think it's me. Tone has seen the disrespect. It's seen the disrespect. (laughs) Here are the top 10 defensive football teams. Number 10. I like this group a lot, and I think it's underrated, and I think it flies under the radar. I think the Bengals have a good group. They got a great rush end. I think they got to worry a little bit about what they did in the back end. The kid they drafted two years ago to replace Bates, that's going to be a concern. I think the Bengals have a concern at the safety position like the Eagles do. So to me, um, I'm a little concerned about them in the back end. They got a pretty good defense. And you got to remember something. They go against elite quarterbacks every week, unlike the Eagles. Now, this year, that's different. But they play elite quarterbacks in the AFC and great offensive weapons and teams each and every single week. When you're in the AFC, you're in the varsity league. And they got a pretty good defense. And in the last two years, that defensive football team has gone to the AFC championship in a Super Bowl and won an AFC title in the last two years. So... You can tell me all you want about the Eagles having a great defense. The Bengals have been more accomplished than you. Two straight AFC title games, a Super Bowl, AFC title. 
They did it two years in a row. You have not been to the conference championship game two years in a row. So you are not as accomplished. Number nine. I think the Broncos have a good group of players. Um, I love Patrick Sertain. I think he's a fabulous football player. I think they got enough edge rushers there. I think their defense is good. I don't know how deep, but I do believe that when you look at their group on getting after the ball, I think Randy Gregory was good, and it was a good addition coming over from Dallas. Um, I Yes, Brandon, I agree with you. Okay? I agree with you. I, I, I think they're going to miss Chubb too. I do. I think they're going to miss him. Number eight, even with the weakness up the middle and an experience, I have the Eagles eighth. You have a force in Reddick. As much as we're not very high on Slay at the corner, still as a duo, you're, you're good. And your inexperience at the tackle position You're absolutely inexperienced at the linebacker position and you're completely inexperienced at the safety position. You have limited experience up the heart of your defense. All the way up the heart, the only guy with experience in your deep. Look at 11. 11, who's the most experienced guy in your safeties, linebackers, and D-tackles? That's the heart of your defense. Who is it? Fletcher? Okay. Who else? Outside of Fletcher Cox. And don't tell me Terrell Edmonds, who was fired in Pittsburgh. It's not a new scheme. They've already told you they're going to do the same shit they did a year ago. Terrell Edmonds? Really? He was fired in Pittsburgh. He was fired in Pittsburgh. You got two dudes on your defense right now starting on your team that were fired in places, Morrow and Edmonds. Cowboys just extended safety Malik Hooker with a three-year deal worth up to $24 million. Zach Martin must be shaking his damn head, absolutely. He's a good player, though, too. If Hertz has a better statistical season than Dak, you rock a Hertz jersey for for a show. Okay, I will. If I can find one to fit. (laughs) Okay, you said experience, not quality. How about both? I still think, though, with, with Fletcher, Josh... Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham. And by the way, Jalen Carter. How, you, don't you guys get it? Tone that these guys don't get it. Jalen Carter could get into that New England game, and he has two sacks and two tackles for losses. You think that changes the game? If you watch that guy and he goes and he becomes a holy terror and he looks like Quentin Williams. 
if he does that, your defense is a completely different look. But right now, you have no experience there with that. He hasn't played a down. You got another tackle who's underachieved so far. But you got players on the team. But not up the heart of your team. Think about that. Where have you struggled the most? Two things, two areas on your defense. Don't you agree? Covering backs and tight ends and run game and run defense. I don't know what the hell else to say to you. Those are not opinions. Those are not opinions. Number seven. I think the Dolphins have a heck of a group, and I think they're going to be a good-looking group, especially last year. I think that addition of Chubb getting him at the trading deadline and what they have, especially in their secondary. Now, Ramsey's injury is a concern, but he's expected to be there around week two or three, and they're thinking he's going to play, and he is coming off a shaky season a year ago. So there's question marks with him, but the Dolphin linebackers and defensive line their secondary is outstanding. They got a really good-looking group there. And they got the guy you wanted as coordinator. But because of the shenanigans of Jonathan Gannon, Vic Fangio is now the highest-paid defensive coordinator in National Football League with the Miami Dolphins. Think about that. You got leftovers. That's not the guy you were going to hire. The guy you were going to hire is now the highest-paid guy in Miami. JH1, how he does have to address the middle of the defense. And Wonderboy Dean is hurt in camp already. JH, I want to know if he can play and if he's durable. And my opinion, I don't think he is. But we'll see. Number six, I got the Bills. I think Von Miller's the key to this thing. I like Leonard Floyd addition to the defense. Sean McDermott is a good D coordinator, and he's going to be doing the play calling on the defensive side. Um, in the AFC over the last four years, the best defense and top defense and top rated defense, according to pro football focus has been the bills. And I think it's a good group, but Von Miller's the key to this. They've got to get guys on the ground. And they got to get home for them to be effective, in my opinion. And I think Tone is coming around to this. Okay? The Bills' defense has been destroyed in the playoffs. Who, by Joe Burrow and Mahomes? You were destroyed in the second half. Your defense was destroyed. Down 10, you're up 10 and couldn't stop the Chiefs? Give me a break, guy. Give me a break. The only, like I said to you before, the only reason the Chiefs aren't still scoring, the clock ran out. I think Tone may be with me on this. I think the Patriots have an elite group. 
Look at how many guys they have on that defense that can get home. And they get home against quarterbacks on a weekly basis. They got a they got two great edge rushers. They added the kid Christian Gonzalez. Their linebacking core is good. They're a little undersized, I admit, in the secondary. But they got a they got an elite group. But that's not a shocker. They have been a good football team and a good defensive football team for 25 years. The problem has been offense in New England, not defense, playmakers. Who were the playmakers? Had nothing to do with their defense. Nothing to do with it. Their defense is a good group. Number four. I got the commanders. They're stacked. Jack Del Rio does a great job as coordinator. He really does. Best defensive line in the NFC East is in Washington. That's not a debate. What does Chase Young look like, too? Can you imagine that if Washington gets Chase Young two years ago back, what they're going to look like? I'll say this to you about Washington. If they can get any kind of play at a quarterback, here's two things to think about with Washington. They could be sneaky. If the quarterback position plays, I don't know who that is. If the quarterback position plays and gives you points and Chase Young returns to what he did two years ago, they're going to be a problem. They were a train wreck at the quarterback position last year, and they were still 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, and they were a train wreck in ownership. They're, they got – how about this? Dotson and the other kid at wideout, Antonio Gibson, running the ball. Old lines improved. They just need to score some points. So wait, look at look at all Eagle. He thinks he has a better old line than Washington. <laughs> mm. There's not a person with any brains in football who thinks you have a better old defensive line than Washington. Nobody. You think you got better defensive tackles than Washington? And a better front seven? Where in the world do you think that? Again, drug testing. For many of you in here today. Number three. I got the 49er defense. And like I said, here's the difference. Here, here is the difference. Okay why the 49ers defense is better than Philly's defense. Just in the heart of the team. And then you add the defensive player of the year on the perimeter. All the things Tone and I talk about in premium positions, you don't have. Well, you have edge rusher. Okay? They've got two outstanding tackles, an Armstead and Hardgrave. Fred Warner is going to have an even better all-pro year because he's got better plays in front of him now. And when you combine that with the defensive player of the year as the edge rusher in Boza, 
That's an incredible front seven. Then you put the all-pro safety Hufanga back there. So in your entire, look at this. You guys think you have a better heart of your defense than what San Francisco has? You think you have two better tackles? You think you have a better middle Mike? You think you have a better Mike line? But what's crazy is some of you in here probably think you have a better Mike linebacker than Fred Warner. Okay. The Kobe Dean's better than Fred Warner now. Is that right? What safety is with Hufanga? Greenlaw is outstanding. You got Greenlaw and Warner, and you have Morrow and Dean, and you think you're better in the middle of your defense. Tone's right, man. Serious drug testing's needed. 49ers have an outstanding group. They got all pros everywhere. Now, again, the corners, they can be beat, but that front seven gets home. And now get this. Now you've added 11 sacks to Joey, to uh, Nick Boza. Hey, Niner, how many sacks did Boza have last year? Was it 16? So now you add 11 and two guys. Now you got 27, ta- 27 sacks and two guys, one interior and one. And by the way, Hardgrave's numbers are going to go up because he's in a lesser division. Forty-nine And the 49ers held the Eagle offense, the high-powered Eagle offense last year to 260 yards in total offense. You're lucky they had to play Christian McCaffrey at quarterback. I'd like to have seen that game. Again, it's part of it. You took him out, you killed him. Don't cry. Him. That that's what that's what hey, that hit by Hassan Reddick, good for him. That's why he paid him $15 million. He's a game-changing player. Well, game-changing players do that. Okay. So wait a minute, Bose had 18 and a half sacks last year? <laughs> and now you're adding another 11? Holy shit. Woo! And you got Fred Warner and Greenlaw at linebackers and the top all pro safety. Number two. I got to Dallas Cowboys. They got a better coordinator than you. They have the best offensive. Is Parsons the best offensive player in the NFC East? He could do more. He could do more than Reddick, but Reddick, what he's asked to do, he's the best at. It's a different conversation, isn't it? Because 
Reddick is is better at what he's asked to do. But Parsons does more. Who's more important? And who's the better defensive player in the East? Parsons may be the best player in the NFC East, but isn't the best pass rusher. That belongs to Reddick. Can you split it up like that? Because what's impactful? It's funny. Every time I watch Hassan Reddick against the Dallas Cowboys or Washington or anybody, I see him. When I watch um, Michael Parsons versus the Eagles, I never find him. I don't see him. I don't see him in any of the games. Probably not, but we make our own rules. <laughs> uh, Parsons probably the best defensive player in the NFC East. I'll go there. He is. I think he's overhyped, though. I think he's overhyped. Reddick has more of an impact. I'll tell you this, knocking out the quarterback in the NFC title game is one of the absolutely greatest plays in the history of Eagle defense. I mean, that play got you to the Super Bowl. Of all the plays that were made in the NFC title game, would we not agree? That was the most impactful play that got you to the Super Bowl. And, hey, I don't care if you make a touchdown pass, a touchdown catch, a touchdown run. I don't care what you say, an interception return. That was the most impactful play in that NFC title game for the Eagles. You just, I don't i don't even remember San Francisco getting past the 50-yard line, do you? I don't remember them getting past the 50-yard line. And the number one defense in the National Football League. I got the Jets. I love the addition of Will McDonald, too. Putting Will McDonald on that team, Quentin Williams. Linebackers are good. Corners are great. You got a hell of a defensive-minded guy in their head coach. Boy, I'll tell you something. Two years ago, that Jet defense was an absolute shit show. And in a matter of two years, they've turned that thing into the best group in the National Football League. Okay? They got the best defensive group. Dallas adding Stephon Gilmore, too, on the other side. Personally, I'll make this point to you. Stephon Gilmore is a better player than Darius Slay is. I'll say it again to you. He's a better player. And Diggs, see, Diggs to me, I know, hey, which, you, you, know, you know what's crazy, Tone? I don't think Diggs is that great a player. I, I, I don't. I think he gambles too much. I, I, I think he gambles too much. I don't, like, would you, do you think, do I think Bradbury's better than Diggs? Here, here, Bradbury is not as spectacular as Diggs but I think he's more consistent of a ball player than him. And I'd rather have Brad, Bradbury because I think he plays within the scheme and I think he plays within the guardrails. Eagle, name me one thing that Darius Slay has done in his career that has been better than Stefan Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore, one more time, is going to be considered for the Hall of Fame. Where in your right mind do you think Slay's been a better player? 
what where in your right mind unbelievable all you got to do is read a resume guy it's not that hard super bowl champion nfl player of the year this guy was a top player in the nfl's as a defensive player of the year have you ever had a corner defensive player of the year in your entire organization that'd be a no So don't talk to me about cornerback play. You make it sound like you've had a corner that was a Hall of Famer like that. Crazy talk. Guy's a five or six-time pro bowler, Super Bowl champion, player of the year. Give me a break, guy. We will talk to our friend Philly Godfather. That will be at 5.30 Eastern. Looking forward to that. Do not forget also, this year, you guys are getting big sills out of the Dan Cave. And I rarely do public appearances. I'm not kidding. I really don't. But we're going to be doing them this year. We're going to be at the King of Prussia. And the Hooters... And our relationship for 35 years has been spectacular. We so look forward to it. You know, again, like I told you guys, you know, I knew the original founders, Ed Drotsky and Bob Passwater and Denise Williams, and now Phil Moran, the owner of the KOP Hooters, has invited us into his building each and every single week to be able to put on a great show for you guys. And we'll be doing our show live from there. I can't wait to do it. Um, if you're going to do your preseason football parties, make sure you make a call. A lot of tables are being reserved now and they're limited. Your fantasy drafts, great place for that. Hot wings, world famous Hooter chicks. You're going to love them. Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless wings, absolutely free. 1983, all you can eat on Wednesdays. That's been a 40 year tradition that goes back since the start of Hooters. Happy hours are sensational. Six bucks, six items. How can you beat it when we're talking about one of the best environments? The place was jammed the other day watching Browns and Jets when it came to preseason football. 240 North Gulf Road in King of Prussia. The Hooters is there for you. I can't wait to get there this fall. And when you go to Hooters in King of Prussia, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind 
and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Okay, everybody, you all right? My friend, Philly Godfather will join us at 5.30 Eastern, and we have a friend that's joining us too, Greg Lingo. He's going to join us because they're putting a movie project together. Big Seals is going to be in Philly walking around with the hat up like that, you know? I'll be in South Philly. How you doing? Gonna be a movie star. How you doing? How you doing, everybody? How you doing? Don't tell me, hey, don't tell me I don't fit into your place. You know I do. You hate it too, don't you? It's all right. See, I got that propensity. Like Tone says, man, I love this guy, and sometimes I hate this guy. I can't get myself wrapped up. That's okay, though. That's passion. That's great. Damn, Sills pisses me off, but I love him. I love that. Okay. Yes. Barb, are you kidding me? Hey, just do me a favor, Barb. If I say something that you may not like, don't smack me in the face just right away. Smack me after we've had a couple drinks. I may need it. I don't. (laughs) And that's what, see, look at JM acting like my wife. You wouldn't even fit in a coupe. What are you talking about fitting in South Philly? Dude, I fit in anywhere where there's Italians. Anywhere there's guineas, I'm fit right in. Don't ever tell me that. You damn what talking me like that. Don't ever tell me I don't fit in. We're tied. If there's an Italian place, I fit in. Okay? If you got an African-American, come here. Big Seals fits in Harlem. Big Seals fits in Soho. Big Seals fits in South Philly. Oh, my God. The Little Havana. Oh, one of my favorite places on the planet. Why? Because I love the food. <laughs> okay? Don't, right? Oh, JM, I'm right. That's all right, JM. You can keep doing this. Still's going to be a 
mob boss or a banker. Actually, I'm going to be a biker guy. We're going to talk about it. You know, you know, senor leather pants. I, I can't have the coolions heated up like that. I don't know about leather pants. You know what I'm saying? If any of you know anything about leather pants, I don't know. I can't have the coolions heated up like that. I think that that I I don't think that would be beneficial to big sales, man. Okay, you know, I I just having hey having the coolions heated up with leather, you know, I don't know. Sounds like a fetish, and I don't have fetishes really, except eating lobster and scoongeal. <laughs> oh man, I ordered my Nicobe Dean jersey and currently on clearance rack already. <laughs> Oh, man. Now that's a low blow, Hollywood Hogan. Imagine Big Seals in a leather Hells Angels vest and a pair of Oakleys. Now, now see, Tone's being a smartass because he knows I've been in that. I posted a picture of me in it. He's a smartass. He knows better than that. <laughs> I showed up to a, a, a University of Miami press conference like that. With Oakley's on and a Hell's Angels jacket. Why are you wearing the Hell's Angels jacket? And I said this to the guys when they asked me the question. Why are you asking me? Well, what does it mean? What does it means what do you mean? What does it mean? Dude, I don't, I can't believe I'm in the media because I hate the media. <laughs> hey, I I was so terrible to them. So terrible. They would ask me stupid questions. I would just I'd shake my head. Mike Missinelli, when he interviewed me, hey, have you ever seen me in Mike's book? Mike wrote a book about Jerome and me and about his weirdo Penn State team. The night we upset the, the Lions. The night we beat Darth Vader. He called me Darth Vader. He said Cilio was Darth Vader. Darth Vader and cleats. Look it up. They called me Darth Vader. I'm nicer now. Okay. Thank you all. Hey, all Eagle Fly. Can I tell you the coolest thing about people like him, JM, even dumbass JM? Can I tell you about all you guys? I love every one of you because you know why? You give me a ton of shit. And you come back the next day, and that makes me feel tremendous. And it's all in good. Honestly, you're the best people I've spoken to. I don't want you guys to sit here and take this too far, because I'm not going to get too too sappy with you here. But, hey, you guys are the best people I've spoken sports to. Probably since Tampa. And remember this, can I, hey, can I tell you this? Hey, hey, Yale, and you know why I say Tampa? Because I'm in the heart of Knoll and Gator country. Here comes Cilio with his big mouth. Oh, and by the way, you know that whole Aaron Anders thing? Her father, her father is a broadcaster or was a broadcaster in Tampa. And she was like a Tampa Bay Lightning fire stick chick. And she's a gator. She couldn't stand me. And so, you know, that whole thing, whatever. 
And yeah, she couldn't stand. <laughs> I couldn't stand her either. Oh, you're just a hurricane. Oh, you mean we win? And so they, oh my God. But they would check in every day. Highest rated show in the East Coast morning drive for like 15 years. It's crazy. I'm not buttering you up, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Don't let Patricia hear you talking like that. <laughs> oh, man. Sills is like my uncle. He gives us crack. But when it comes push to shove. Oh, absolutely. Dude. I'm going to tell you this, Jameson. You're all still letting Sills trope. Hey, let me just put it to you this way. You are the best fan base I've ever spoken to. Absolutely. Tampa is anybody in Tampa actually from Tampa? Good question. Good question. Okay. And and hey, and for the record, relative, most of the most of the promotions I went out on. It was oxygen night or it was Similac milk night. <laughs> um, or it was false teeth night or stripper night. Let me let me say this to you. Do you understand something? If you live in Tampa, there's more strip clubs than churches and high schools combined. That's all you need to know about Tampa. That's a true fact. There's more strip clubs than churches and high schools in the entire Tampa St. Pete area. Crazy. crazy. And Miami's weird now. My, yeah, Miami is not the same what it used to be when I was there. Miami was tremendous when I went to school at UM. We went back and we, we thought we could do, oh, I bombed. I didn't really bomb ratings-wise, but the people were different. You know, it's almost like Fort Lauderdale was old Miami. You know, my South Florida is nothing near what it used to be. It's so phony now. It's so phony. All the crazy phony folks down there. You know what you, you know what you used to get in South Florida back in the day? You know, here, here's a story that many of you probably don't know about South Beach. Um, there was an ordinance back in the 30s and 40s that Jewish folks couldn't go down to South Beach. So you know what they did? They all parlayed their money and bought all the land up down there. And when I went to school there, man, the stores and the Cuban restaurants and the Jewish places that used to be down there were so fun to go to. South Beach was so, you know, it looked like Tony Montana South Beach, and it did. It wasn't as what it is now, but you could go to the beach. You could play volleyball. It was so much fun. It was just an absolute blast to go there. Now you go there and it's all commercialized. It's it's not really what Miami was. Miami was Cubans, Jewish folks, Italians. It was really just a great melting pot down there. A lot of New York folks went down there. Such a great melting pot. It's just not that way anymore. Oh, yeah, Miami is so awesome with... That's what, you know, I tell people we've lost so much of our her of our history. And look at the Dolphins, man. The Dolphins, there's no coincidence that both the Hurricanes and Dolphins don't have success um, in Hard Rock. They had it all at the Orange Bowl. Former Eagle offensive lineman Josh Sills found not guilty and acquitted in both courts 
both counts of rape and kidnapping of his former high school classmate. Congratulations. 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 Maybe that opens up the door for Matt Arizza to be a um, Philadelphia Eagle. Congratulations, Josh. Falsely accused. Who would have thunk it? That's why I, on cases like that, I always hold judgment because I always know this. Hey, here, let's do this. Anytime somebody goes, can I tell you what I thought was absolutely ridiculous from last night's broadcast? Okay. And I think she is so gifted as a broadcaster. Who's the host? He was indicted two weeks prior to Super Bowl 57. Well, maybe he'll get his ring. That is so awful. Hey, hey um, who, who's on the NBC desk that does the interview? She was over at um, ESPN. And you maybe I'm going to make something more than it. And this is. Who's 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 the girl that um, the broadcaster. That went over. To um, NBC and she now works with Collinsworth and all those guys on the desk. She runs the desk. No, 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 no. The African-American girl. What's her name? She's so Maria Taylor is gifted. She is a gifted broadcaster. Like, I could see her one day hosting Good Morning America and being something. I think she's gifted. But let me ask you this. Do you really think it was important last night to bring up when they were talking about the new conduct policy? Do you think it was right to bring up cases that were settled a year ago and bringing up the Sean Watson's closed cases of a year ago as a narrative to talk about the conduct policy today and today's conduct policy. I thought that was over the line. What's the point of that? Why don't you bring up Bob Kraft's um, creepy behavior or Jerry Jones being accused of sexually assaulting someone? What was the point of that? What was the point? Because the Browns were playing? Why did you bring up Deshaun Watson's cases that have been, that have been closed? Why would you do that? It, it, it just, I felt, I was like this, man, that's so uncool. You're going to continue to bring up a guy's past and something that's been settled. Just so why you could talk about the NFL and see what they did last night. They used the player to soften the conversation about the conduct policy by slamming a guy whose cases have been settled. To me, I thought it was awful. And again, I'm not justifying Deshaun Watson, but I thought we we agreed on, you know, when you settle a case and it's been settled, the league gave him $230 million in guaranteed money. He's a starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. The league ratified him coming back. She brings up his shit of a year, two years later, yesterday. Uh, I, I, I thought it was bad journalism. Again, I'm not a journalist. But what was the point? 
That's right, Jameson. Let the man move on with his life, man. It just didn't make any sense to me. Turns out the Eagles keep Josh Sills on the roster. He was just placed on the commissioner's exemplist. Yeah, that's the lower drawer in his desk. The exemplist could make a return to camp pending Goodell's decision, whatever that means. You, you know, you, you know, I'll tell you, the conduct policy thing always rubs me the wrong way. Look at who they pick and choose. Watch this too, Tone. So he's on a commissioner's exempt list. Do you know Deshaun Watson never was on that list? And had 23 pending civil suit cases against him. Do you know not at any time was he suspended in Houston? Did you know it only cost him 3 million bucks of his $230 million when he got suspended? And you'll put Josh Sills on an exemplist, not pay him and keep him in the commissioner's lower drawer. Deshaun Watson was never suspended in Houston. All civil stuff. And he was actually on the active roster with 23 rape cases against him. And two weeks before the Super Bowl, you put this guy in a jar and in the bottom of the commissioner's desk. Do you think if that was Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes, that thing would have been handled? How do you think that would have been handled? You think those guys would have played or not played? See how they systematically pick and choose? They, they do this shit by value of player. Josh Sills is a nobody to the league. He's the 52nd guy on a roster. So they don't give a shit about him. They'll use him as a poster child for them thinking that they're doing what's right. And then they'll turn around and look at Deshaun Watson and he'll have 5,000 cases against him for sexual misconduct and they'll give him a raise. Yell goes, Seal's situation was way worse. Was it? You had an organization in the Texans who had to also pay a fine and had to pay civil suit money too because they were enabling him and giving the chicks to be sexually assaulted and the places for him to do it in. Like, like a co-conspirator. That didn't get reported though. That didn't get reported. <clears throat> Mm. <laughs> oh boy. I love it, man. Here, so wait a minute. Let me before, before I bring Philly Godfather up. Look at I'm gonna ask him that question about Dak versus Jalen. He's a good guy. By the way, we're gonna get Greg Lingo on a little bit later on in this interview. And he's got a project that big sales. I, I I could this could be my Rocky Balboa like debut. Okay. So without further ado, let me bring in our friend, the Philly Godfather here. How you doing, brother? 
It's living a dream, man. I lead a charmed life, Dan. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I tell you this. I went down the I, I went down the line this week and I said that Dak is gonna beat Jalen Hurts in the NFC championship game. And the reason I pointed this out was because he's 27 and 7 versus the NFC East. He's eight and three versus the Philadelphia Eagles. If they get past that wild card, if they get past a divisional game, or if they win home field. See, here's the key for the Cowboys, I think, to make it to the Super Bowl. Godfather, if they if they win home field, in my opinion, and if they win the division, they're going to go to the Super Bowl because they're going to have to go, and they're going to have to go to Dallas and play Dallas. So do you, how important do you think home field advantage is? I mean, it's huge. We watch year after year. Uh, we saw it last year with the Eagles. Uh, I mean, you got to have home field to get to the Super Bowl almost each and every year. And, uh, I mean, the second half of the Eagles' schedule is brutal this year. They're going to play some real top-notch teams. And when you're playing those better teams and you're going all out, I, I mean, you tend to get, you know, a couple guys injured in those games. So if they get injured late in the season going into the playoffs, that could be a big problem for the Eagles as well. Here's, here's the news that I threw out there as well. The Kobe Dean banged up again. And, you know, Godfather, I don't believe that he is the answer. And I'll tell you why. Can't get through a week of camp already without some type of injury here. I just don't see it. And to me, I think they're not very strong up the heart of their defense. Look at the 49ers, for instance. You've got Armstead and Hardgrave. You've got the all-pro linebacker and Warner. Hufanga, who's also the all-pro safety. Every single thing that the Eagles are weak at, up the heart of their defense, the Niners are the best in the league at. Then you add 18 and a half sacks with Boza and the defensive player of the year. I say this about the Eagles. I think they're going to lose ball games this year that may not be expected, and I think it's going to be because of their defense. Their defense is going to let that offense down this year. Well, they lost five stars on defense. It's hard to replace guys like that. T.J. Edwards, Epps. You got Hargrove. You got uh, 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 C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I mean, they lost a bunch of guys, and those guys aren't going to be easy to replace. And you're talking about San Francisco. I think the nucleus of the 49ers is better than the Eagles. I mean, if you put Jalen Hurts on that San Francisco team, does anyone beat that team last year? <laughs> so uh, I think you're right on the money about the San Francisco 49ers defense. And they were really injured last year on the defensive side of the ball on their defensive line. This year they're going to be healthy. I mean, they're going to be dangerous. I think that Washington team is going to be awful danger. If they get any kind of quarterback play this year, I mean, look at this. Look at their front seven compared to the Eagle front seven. And if and if you can get Chase Young, Chase Young two years ago, their two defensive tackles are more experienced and are better pros. Find out yet whether or not that's true with Jalen Carter and, and Jordan Davis. We don't know yet. But, I mean, those guys are proven all pros. So Washington could be a sleepy team. And let's not forget, they were 8-8-1 eight, eight and one last year. Yeah, and they beat us as 11-point underdogs. And like I mentioned in the past, the Eagles struggled against teams in the top 10 in uh, sack percentage. Uh, they split with Washington last year. They split with the Cowboys. They lost to the Saints. They beat the Colts by a point. And they lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So this year, last year they played four teams during the regular season that were in the top 10 in sack percentage. This year they played six, and they played two or three more in the top 15. So it's going to be a much tougher schedule. They really only got three ducks on the schedule this year, right? They got Arizona, they got the Buccaneers and the Rams, and every other game is going to be a sh- it's, going to, it's going to be tough. 
I think the most the glaring thing is going to be replacing TJ Edwards and those 160, 160 tackles. That's a lot. He played, I think it was that, I think Tone posted he was like either third or fourth in snap count, like 94% of the snaps he played. I think Kaiser White was fifth. I mean, and you look at the linebackers that they have. Philly, this might, this might be the worst group of linebackers that the Eagles have had maybe in the last 20 years. Yeah, and they're really depending on their defensive line to get to the quarterback. I mean, they're stacked. Last year, they had 70 sacks on the season. But to be honest, did they get better? I mean, how, can you get better than 70 sacks on a season? And then they got some shutdown corners as well. But there's a big hole in the middle of that football field on the defensive side for the Eagles. And like you said, it's hard to replace T.J. Edwards, a guy that played almost every snap on the year. That was amazing last year. It's tough. I'm going to ask you one last Eagle. Then I want to ask some NFL questions to you here. By the end of the 2023 season, do you think Devontae Smith takes over and passes A.J. Brown as the premier target on the Eagles, or do you think that's still a work in progress? I mean, they're both electrifying. They're both great. And they're, they're kind of different in wide receivers. One's a little bit stronger. One guy spreads the field a little bit more, a little bit quicker. Uh, he could very well become the primary target, but for now I think A.J. Brown's the man. Uh, but you know what? It's a great problem to have. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I love doing this with you over under. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Over under 3,950 yards passing. Man, he's 40 years old. <laughs> uh, offensive line is kind of weak. I would have to go under. Do you think they make the playoffs? AFC so stacked. I mean, they're favored. Odds makers have a favor to make the playoffs. I think right around minus 130. Yeah, I don't think they do. It's going to be close. It's going to be. They're going to need the ball to bounce their way. Uh, their defense is going to have to win some games for them, and they're going to need some other teams to get a little banged up for them to kind of sneak in. But I mean, Miami's Miami's going to be a really good uh, Buffalo. I mean, their defense, Buffalo's defense, was one of the most injured defenses in the league last year. They're going to be better. Their offense is stacked. Josh Allen is still hungry. He's starving to get to the Super Bowl. Um, there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. It's going to be tough. It, if they get in, they're going to sneak in. How about this? I see a guy here, and my friend Jameson here says 10 and 7. I don't think 10 and 7 gets you in the postseason. In the AFC, in the NFC, that probably gets you in. But in the AFC, does 10 and 7 get you in? It might not. I mean, you got Kansas City, you got the Chargers, you got the Broncos are going to be better. They were really banged up last year. They got a great coach coming in. Next. You got the Bills, you got the Dolphins. Uh, you got Jacksonville, who no one's talking about, and they could shock everyone and get to the Super Bowl this year at 28 to 1 odds. Uh, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC this year, a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, it might not get you in there. Tua Tug of Viola, over under 3,900 and a half passing yards. If he can stay healthy and plays a full 17 games, I'll go over. Okay. That Dolphin team, hey, that Dolphin team, in my opinion, look at what they got on defense now, too. They got the kid Chubb from Denver at the trading deadline a year ago. Now, yeah. Ramsey's injury is kind of concerning, but I got them as one of the better defensive units also because of their corners that they have and their wide receivers. So the two things they have to compete in the AFC, corners and receivers. Miami's got it. They got a good offensive line. 
But it all comes down to two a dozen to staying healthy. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. And their defensive line played lights out last year. I mean, they got some monsters on that line going after the quarterback. Uh, at the wide receiver, they got studs at the wide receiver. All he's got to do is stay healthy. Uh, and that's not easy for him. As we all know, he's had some issues staying healthy. But if he can stay healthy and play a full 17 games, they could win their division. Patrick Mahomes, 4,800 and a half yards this season. <laughs> Do you think that he goes over or under? I'm never betting against him again. <laughs> it's just so hard. He's so good. Um, it's a lot of yards, though. 40, what was it, 4,890, you said? 4,800 4, and a half. I'm going to throw that .5 in there. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Oh, last year we went for 5,400. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. <laughs> hey, when you look at Andy Reid and you see Andy Reid today versus Andy Reid Philly, what's the difference? Obviously, the quarterback room. But what do you – and I said this earlier in the week. Do you agree that he trusts – Mahomes more than he trusted Donovan McNabb in Philly? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Mahomes is so much better than McNabb. and He can do more with Mahomes. Uh, McNabb was a good quarterback, like we mentioned in the past, but Mahomes is a once-in-a-generational type of talent. Uh, by the time he's done, he could have five, six Super Bowl rings. That's how good this kid is. And uh, Andy Reid's blessed to have him. And it opens up the whole playbook for him. And Andy Reid's a great quarterback coach. You, you've seen what he's done with quarterbacks in the past. And now with this kid here, I mean, the sky's the limit. We've seen it, you know, year after year since he's taken over for the Kansas City Chiefs. You, do, do you think Andy got the most out of McNabb? I think he did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, oh, four so you think he was limited. Four championships. I mean, you got to the Super Bowl. You played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You were seven-point dogs. You lost by a field goal. I mean, the last two minutes, if McNabb doesn't start, you know, Throwing up, choking, whatever. Uh, you know, the Eagles might have won that game. I think the Eagles team was better than that Patriots team. It was just the difference was in the quarterback position. They had the better quarterback. Tell me if I'm wrong on my perception of him. I just thought he was so petty. And I just, I just, I mean, he never, he's like, when I look at leadership and I see Jalen, I totally see Jalen as a guy who people want to rally around. Did you get that sense for him? I mean, am I wrong? Am I? Am I wrong? Do you think really people rallied around him? I mean, here's a guy that when he was at the Pro Bowl, he bitched about Deshaun Jackson making all pro as a wideout and a kick returner. It was the first guy in history to ever do it. And he goes, that guy didn't deserve it. And you're like, instead of <laughs> instead of backing him and that's his guy, he's taking shits on him. I mean, yeah. it, just, it just seems that really like – and plus, I blame him for the T.O. situation. Don't, I mean, am I, am I wrong when I when I look at that and I look at him? No, I think you're 100% accurate. I was going to bring up the T.O. situation, but there was times he was really petty and there was other times they played for him. It, I mean, McNabb was uh, – he was a tough guy to, to, to you know, to back when you're, when you're on that football team because behind your back he's talking smack about you, you know, and sometimes in public as well. So it's hard. You know, when you got a team, when you got a chemistry going, everyone's got to be on the same page. Everyone's got to support each other. You're going to war here. And if someone's just, you know, causing some issues in the locker room or just talking smack about you, it, it really throws the team off. Don't you agree that – I mean, again, I, I blame him for the team. See, I hear – it's funny because the Philly media people 
oh, T.O., he wrecks teams. He do, divided a locker room. He's a quarterback killer. And I'm like, Jeff Garcia, Tony Romo, are we really talking about the elite guys in the history of the sport? I mean, we're talking about who? Tim Rattay? I mean, we're not talking about superstar quarterbacks that he took a shit on. We're talking about bums. Yeah. And the whole McNabb thing to me was, I look at it this way, Godfather. I'm like, to me, a leader and the guy who's the leader and face of your team, even, look, look at Brady, how he handled Antonio, um, and, Antonio Brown. Look how he handled a murderer in Aaron Hernandez. He had those lockers right next to him because he could keep an eye on him. I think that's a quarterback's responsibility to have to right the ship. Yeah, he's he's got to, you know, he's got to sometimes bite his tongue. I mean, you got egos, you got T.O., you got McNabb, you got these giant egos. And as a quarterback, you got to be a leader. Sometimes you got to step back. And let the other guy shine a little bit. Give, give him some of that sunshine. You don't always have to have it on you as long as you lead this team to the Super Bowl. That's all they want. A.J. Brown, over under 950 yards. Whew. They got so many weapons on this team. DeAndre Swift. And they got more now. They got more now. Yeah, and the offensive line, they're still, they're still strong. Uh, right guard's a little questionable, but I mean, <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. I mean, there's so many weapons. So you don't think he has a career year like he did a year ago with 92 catches and 1,300, 1,400 yards, whatever it was? See, I don't either. I mean, they're playing much better teams this year. They're playing seven teams that are supposed to get to the playoffs this year. I mean, the defenses are better. You know, the teams are better. Uh, it's it's right there. I mean, it's right. I wouldn't bet it either way, I tell you. It's right there. How about this? I mean, you're not going against Ed Donatello in Minnesota. You're going against Bill Belichick in the opener. They, hey, once again, I, and I'm going to keep asking you this until that opener. How do you – I mean, I don't know, man. I may have to drop a couple nickels on that New England team. It's never easy going to Foxborough and beating Bill Belichick. And with that type of pass rush they have, I think they were top uh, six last year, top seven pressure rate. And that bothers the Eagles. Uh, I was hoping the line went to seven. Like I said, it's actually dropping the other way. It's down to four and a half. It opened five. It reached as high as six. And now it's four and a half. So there's sharp money taking the Patriots at plus six, plus five and a half, and plus five. And as we've witnessed in the past, I mean, teams that get to the Super Bowl the following year, the first game of the season, I think they're like two and eight against the spread over the last decade. So they don't perform well in the market the following year uh, because everyone's betting them. Everyone thinks they're just as good as last year. And then they, you know, so they, they've been laying an egg in the first game of the season. Tell me why I sit here today compared to like 2017 in the 2018 year. Why, why am I to believe for the first time in 54 years, a team that lost the Super Bowl is going back and it's the Eagles. Give, 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 give me one and, and a lesser defense. I mean, why in the world are people so sold on this? Well, I, I think the big issue is, I mean, you remember 2017, Eagles won the Super Bowl following year. They lose a bunch of coaches, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. 2018, their offense don't look exactly the same. Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year. They lost some coaches again this year. So it's going to take some time for these, you know, these players to gel with these coaches and there's, you know, teams seem to underperform after losing the Super Bowl. They called the Super Bowl jinx. Uh, but, you know, a lot of it has to do with players leaving, coaches leaving, and the team's just not the same the following season. Are you sold on Sirianni? Uh, I can't say nothing bad about the guy. 
I mean, you know, at first I was, I was like you. I mean, he was saying some wacko stuff, but like I said before, the proof's in the pudding. The guy just keeps winning. Um, he got us to the Super Bowl. This is the year that, that to me, this is the year that if they get to the – they just got to get to the playoffs. They don't have to win the Super Bowl. If they get back to the playoffs, then he's a good coach. He proves to me he's a really solid coach. And would you extend him? Yeah, I would extend him, absolutely. Just yeah. get to the playoffs, that's all. Is this Howie's team or Sirianni's team? <laughs> this is Howie's team. <laughs> so Howie's the face of the team. I mean – Well, the Cowboys, the face of that team is the owner. Yeah. Yeah, and we've seen what how that's worked out for him in the past. Uh, Horrible. Yeah, twenty years. But now, how he's the man here in Philadelphia, and uh, Sirianni, from what we've seen over the last couple of years, he's done a great job. Uh, you know, you can't say one bad thing about him. You know, he makes some funny faces sometimes at the camera, but other than that, I mean, he's got this. He's got the city rocking. He's got the, the players playing for him, and uh, they're stacked. I mean, they're stacked on the offensive side and defensive side, but. You know, their only hole is in the middle of that defense. You know, the linebackers uh, say, you know, there, there's a couple spots in that defense that, that are questionable, but this is definitely Howie's team. I, maybe I'd take a shit on him because he's a Gator. I don't know. I think there could be <laughs> there there could be some, some to that because when I found out that he was a Florida Gator, I was like, oh, criminy, no wonder. <laughs> I got another one here for you. Travis Kelsey. Over under one thousand one hundred and fifty receiving yards. One one thousand one hundred and fifty receiving yards. Over under. Have you uh, found anyone that can cover him? I mean, who? He's <laughs> <laughs> a matchup nightmare. Who can cover him? There's nobody in the league that can cover him. Just, I'm not betting against him. I'll go over. Uh, he's just so good. Unless he gets banged up and hurt, he's going over. You think he's? Who would you want? On your offense, Gronk or him? <laughs> Flip a coin. Flip I'll a coin. Gronk. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I think Gronk Gronk, the greatest Gronk, I've ever seen. They both had the, two of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Great point. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, flip a coin. You, you can't lose either way. Okay. Hey, one last thing on on the, on the NFC East: the Giants. They take a step back, right? I mean, their schedule is really tough. But if you look at how – I think they were the third or fifth most injured team in the NFC last year. Uh, they got a tough schedule. They're in the NFC East. Uh, they're right there, man. They, they can sneak in. I mean, they, they can it's definitely – the NFC is not that good, right? Yeah, the NFC's not that good. I mean, Danny Jones, this is this is supposed to be his season, the shot. And, they're, you know, you can't underestimate their coach. He he, he had an amazing season last year. I mean, Dable's a, a great – I think he's a, he's a very solid coach. And uh, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. I, I, I don't know. Danielle Jones and all that. I just – I don't know about Danielle. I mean, <laughs> I tell you, I, I, I want to see this thing here. Okay. All right. Now, listen, I want you to tell folks here – you know, I'd be kind of like keeping, and I, I, I actually, I've been talking to some of my Hollywood friends, and they go like this: they go, "Hey, I think you'd be great in this." So tell the folks what you're working on now. And by the way, um, Greg Lingo, we're gonna get him on here in a minute, and as soon as he comes on, we'll drop him on here. Tell him, let's see if we can get him on here now too, and bring him up, and so he can give us a little bit more of what 
is going to happen here. But give us a little bit of the layup before we get Greg on. Well, we're finishing up the book. It's uh, based on a true story about my life. should be out in the first quarter of 2024. Uh, trials and tribulations of everything I went through in my life. My parents coming over from Greece. Uh, me being the first one born here. My brothers and sisters were born in Greece. And the struggles as a Greek immigrant family coming over. My dad came to the States with 200 bucks in his pocket. Three kids. Didn't speak a word of English. And uh, failure wasn't an option. I mean, he worked his ass off. He was working 16-hour days. Uh, and we take it from there. I become a teenager. I get involved with guys out in Vegas. I start moving money for those guys. I start betting on sports professionally. And it goes throughout my whole entire life. I, I met my wife uh, when I was a kid. We've been married for 31 years, raised two beautiful kids. Good uh, for you, dude. I've been married 33 years. I've yeah. never met someone I hated more or <laughs> loved more in my life than my old lady. She's 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 stuck with me through thick and thin. It's it's, it's seriously, man. It's the someone always goes like this. I go, I've never had more or anyone talk more shit to me in my life than my wife. But then again, it's thirty three years. So you land? Um, did you land in New York or did you land in Philly? Uh, no, we landed in Philly. Uh, well, actually, they, they they came into New York and then they they came down to Philly. Uh, there was a big Greek community and and uh, right 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 outside of West Philadelphia, it was called Upper Darby Greek Church. There was a lot of Greeks there. So that's where they migrated to. And uh, I grew up there until I was about 13. Then we moved into the city, uh, in, into Center City, actually Fairmount, part of Philadelphia. And I remember my dad, you know, he worked. He was a dishwasher making a dollar an hour, working 90 hours a week. And then he moved up to cook and then manager. Then he saved up enough money to buy a little hot dog cart. And I remember being in a hot dog cart at the age of eight, selling hot dogs and, you know, sausages and meatball sandwiches. And I'm in there and, and you know, and you learn the value of a dollar when you work like that, you know. And I, I still remember uh, since I was born here, I was an American citizen. But I still remember the day my father became an American citizen. And my father was always pissed off. He was always working his ass off. And that was like one of the few times I saw him so happy. It meant so much to him to become an American citizen. I still remember he had the biggest smile on his face. And uh, we went through a lot as a family. We learned a lot, a lot of struggles, a lot of pain. And then I got in trouble twice. You know, I was in the street. I was doing a bunch of crazy things. And then in 2005, I got arrested in Arizona. I went to trial in 2006. I lost. They, uh, they came back with a guilty verdict. They tried to give me 12 and a half years. And then two years later, I overturned my conviction and I won my appeal. And I was innocent and I was set free. And I came back home trying to put the pieces together after spending two years in a you know, supermax prison in Yuma, Arizona. It was 122 degrees, no air conditioning. You're stop, never stop right there for a second here. Let me get Greg Lingo in here, too, because he's part of this great project here. Hey, guys. We're going to be doing and that. Big Seals is going to be in here. Greg, I, I, I want to expand on the Yuma thing. I got recruited by a thing called Arizona Western to go and play football there, and I drive through Yuma every single couple months because I have to drive to go see my daughter. She's in Arizona, right? I'm like this. Look at this shithole. Are you kidding me, man? I go, I see, you see Trump's wall and you see sand. And that's all you see there, man. What an absolute crazy, crazy story, but really an inspiring story. And Greg, how'd you get involved with all yeah, this? So and Steve and I, give us I was, a little bit of the layout on how this is all going to play out. I was releasing uh, my last film called Last Call with Jeremy Piven and I was talking to Steve. Steve and I went to middle school together. He's a couple years older than me, but we kind of knew each other and ran in some somewhat some similar circles. 
And we were, he was helping me kind of get the word out on, on last call. And I said to him, Hey, like, what have you been up to, dude? And he said, well, you know, I'm just busy. So I said, well, <laughs> like, take me from middle. Pick it up. Because I remember, because I remember go. in middle school, we, uh, you know, you played basketball or whatever. And he said, well, you know, after ninth grade, you know, I dropped out and started boxing and, and that went pretty well. And then I started bookmaking and that went pretty well. And, and then I was in El Chapo's house. <laughs> and I'm like, what the, f- are you kidding me? So we, uh, so I had to run, he had to run, but we, we had lunch a couple of weeks later with the son. And I, we talked for two or three hours just about this in- incredible story and this incredible success that, you know, everything that Steve did wrong back then is now legal, you know, selling marijuana, <laughs> gambling sports gambling it's all fine now in fact it's celebrated so um so this story I'm, we're excited to tell it uh, right now uh, steve's writing an autobiography it's going to be released first quarter of next year and then shortly after that we're going to come out with the with the film it's really exciting absolutely you know it's funny i tell people this i'm one of the very few people on the planet that has been at the white house meeting ronald reagan and also then serving coffee to John Gotti. So, I mean, you know, we all, we, we all have our things here. I don't know, man. I think Steve and I got a lot more in common than what people are thinking that we have in common here because that's a great story because it's really kind of like, you know, the fall and rise, you know, when you're talking about the American story, man. Most people go through trials and tribulations to get where they want, ups and downs and – I mean, that's really awesome. Talk to me more about the, the movie again and how you guys – is it going to be Philly-based? Is it going to be a story based in Philly, or is it going to yeah, be a story it's gonna more be based, around him? It's going to be based on this true story, which is, you know, Steve's incredible, you know, rise, fall, rise again um, to, to the point now where he's just, you know, one of the best sports handicappers in the country. So – I think what's incredible about Steve, and he's not going to brag, but just that he was able to get through all this, uh, and it's chaos. A lot of this stuff is just absolute chaos. But at the end of it, um, he kind of sticks to what he's good at. And it's beyond just, you know, he doesn't just pick sports because he's got a good gut feel. He's very analytical. And he took that same approach when he was – dealing weed across the country. He took the same approach kind of with everything he did, this methodical understanding of the key components of it, which makes, uh, I think, the character in the movie just so incredible. I, I, I am very thrilled to death to be part of this thing, Aaron, and inviting us in um, to be part of this. Um, it's a story that kind of I understand. You should, When we sit down and we have a couple of cold ones, I think we're all going to be here going like this. This is going to be really good because – I, I am really looking forward to that. And I've fallen in love with the guy and I, I love the story and everything that he does. And Hey man, it's really awesome to meet you, Greg. I really appreciate it. I can't wait for the book. And as we get closer to the book coming out, um, maybe people can uh, find you somewhere where they can stay up to date with you and what you're doing. Totally. Yeah. Um, so my company's Cornell ventures. Uh, we do a variety of things. One of which is, uh, you know, in the entertainment business and it's, um, it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting. To Are you an agent? No, not at all. Matter of fact, okay. I'm like, um, I guess I'm probably a home builder. It was, you know, just, <laughs> um, no, I, I kind of stumbled onto this a little bit, but really love it. And, um, you know, I like telling, so always like telling stories. And this story is just so impactful and, and riveting 
that uh, it's, it's going to be great bringing it to the big screen. Fantastic. Greg, I appreciate it. And it's Thanks, great guys. to meet you. Godfather, we're boys. You know that for life here. Bona fortuna to both of you guys. We'll catch you down the line. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming aboard. Take care. You got it. That is Greg and my friend Godfather. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Here's my movie star face. Hold on. Here's my movie star face. Can't have glasses. I don't know if I could see, see being a movie star, you got to be a bullshit artist and I'm not very good at being a bullshit artist. So here I got to, well, here, what I can do is I could just be like an NFL owner and just lie all day. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, man. Fred Warner was also... What? What are you talking about, man? Best middle linebacker in pro football is in San Francisco. It ain't in Philly. Holy cow. The Kobe Dean hurt already. Come on, man. Tone. Everyone. Hey, I hope he doesn't get hurt. I hope he doesn't. Because you know why? You could ruin a career by putting him in a position that is untainable for him to win. This is what you talk about by not putting a player in the right position and in a shitty scheme that doesn't fit his skill set yet. This is poorly coached. This is poorly coached and poorly prepared for, in my opinion, on how they're doing Dean. He is not going to be ready. He's, dude, there's not a chance he's ready for what you're asking him. What, one more time, doesn't this make more sense? Put him at the, the will linebacker, the weak side linebacker. Let him use his speed. Let him be out in space a little more. Or are you afraid tight ends are going to own him? Doesn't it make more sense to like, kind of like, you know, instead of force feeding him, give him some playing time, let him work himself into the game. No. And by the way, why couldn't they do that last year? You know why? And don't give me that shit about a guy. Well, either, wait, either Kaiser White's good or he's not good, which is it? Because he couldn't get any playing time. Kaiser White had the fifth most snaps defensively a year ago. And you're trying to tell me you couldn't try to drip him in? They played Kaiser White. You go like this. Well, you know, Sills, he, 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 Kaiser White was good. 117 tackles on the second-ranked defense in the NFL is not awful. Okay, why couldn't they put him in more situations? Why? Because as you say, how many people here constantly say this to me, Kaiser White sucked. So you couldn't beat out a guy you think that sucks. How's that possible? Makes no sense. Gannon is obviously in love with White. You don't have a guy on your football team right now that's going to replace 100 tackles, let alone 160 tackles. Holy cow. You guys are drunk. Let's see one more time. 160, 117, and 91. Those are three starters. Oh, wait, and 60. Here's what you have to replace. I'm not even going to count interceptions. Gardner had, what, what did he have? He had like 60. So you got 120, 160, that's 280, 117, that's 397 and 91. 
500, 502 tackles you have to replace with Hardgrave, Gardner Johnson, Edwards, White, and Epps. 502 tackles. Really? Five hundred and two tackles, and he was wearing a soft hat today, gallon hat. I saw him at full gear practice today. Holy cow, man! Hey, by the way, next week we tee it up. You think he sees any playing time, the Kobe Dean? Or are you going to rest them there too? Rest them and get them ready for New England, right? Yes, sir, baby. TJ also overpaid. Okay. Overpaid, and you can't replace him. Guys, awesome stuff this week. You guys were tremendous. I thank you. Absolutely awesome. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you very much. Don't forget, anything you missed this week, please go back and watch it on our Jacob Sports channel. Till Monday. 3 to 6 Eastern. We shall catch you on the flip side. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.